Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? This is Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Bundle. All right, you guys. Well, they went over to London. This I still can't do the accent. Days later, still can't get it down. Cheerio, the Vikes win in the UK. Not a great game. They managed to pull it out, as I said last week. They don't ask how you do it. They ask how many. Minnesota moves to 3-1, in one, top of the NFC North, with that uh, tiebreaker against Green Bay, having beat them in week one. However, you guys. This Vikings team could easily be two and two. They could easily even be one and three. I hate to say it because, again, not the best game. Lots to unpack here. Uh, let's start with a they said it because I started a little negative. And uh, Chris Boyd, fourth-year cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings, tweeted it out. We got some ungrateful fans. I don't be on the internet looking for S-word, S but we won and some were still complaining. We got a big dub. We three and three and one. STFU. Shut the blank up. Please find another team if you're not satisfied or STFU. Well, guys, I wasn't satisfied. I'm happy with a win, but I was left very unsatisfied in said win. Would you agree? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I like. I, I think it's positive that you're three and one after you've gotten two of your hardest games on your entire schedule out of the way in the, those first four games and haven't played your best football in three of the four. And yet you're three and one, you're on a pace. Well, it's, it's a 12 and four pace right now, but you know, I mean, like obviously there, there's 17 uh, games or whatever. So however you want to extrapolate the extra one, but it's good news, right? I mean, like this team is not even close to scratching the surface of its potential. I don't think. Um, and yet again, it's three and one, despite having gone through this difficult stretch of the schedule, this game against the saints, it was sort of the, not the opposite in terms of the result, but opposite in the way that the game played out in that, you know, the, the game that they had played against the Lions, the Vikings were down the whole time and, and trying to claw back and everything like that. And then they pulled out a win that a lot of people didn't think they deserved to win. Whereas this game, it, it felt throughout the game, even when the, you know, the score would be close, but it felt like the Vikings should be up by like 20 points. Like they, they were squandering opportunities. You just run away with it. It, it turned out to be another close win. But you're absolutely going to take it. The, the thing that those two games had in common were they ended in Vikings wins. And that's the whole goal of the thing. I mean, the Vikings gonna... have trailed in the fourth quarter every game since Green Bay. Like, that's a little concerning. Uh, Ross, I didn't mean to cut you off there, buddy. Dive in. No, I I cut you off. So, again, I apologize. I'll echo. <laughs> this is true. I'll <laughs> echo what Thor said. I, I think it's you have to look at the you have to look at it from both sides. The team could easily be one and three, but the fact is they're not. They're three and one. I'll say what I said, I believe, last Monday on Before We Die. If you're going to rip on Kirk for not getting it done when it matters most, you got to give him some props when he does get it done when it matters most. And he's now done that in back-to-back weeks when, let's be honest, he hasn't looked all that great. I don't think Kirk has played really good football outside of the first two quarters of the year. I think he's played maybe even subpar at best. And to be three and one, I think that's a really good sign, assuming the offense is going to come along and get better as the season goes on. On the Chris Boyd part, you know, I get it, Chris. You've played the game. I don't. I would tell you STFU, okay? <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't want my team to be three and one. You should be four and oh. 
And you should you should want to play better every game. I mean, they should look at the last two games and say just what we've talked about on before we die. Wow, we're three and one. We could easily be one and three and already thinking that our season's over. I would be focused about getting better on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively and less about what fans have to say. Mm-hmm. The fan, the fans will show up and support you during the game. That's fine. He shouldn't care really what people think about on Twitter anyways. And I guarantee you a lot of those people he's referring to probably don't even have real names next to his pro next to their profiles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Chris Boyd, you need to calm down and you need to focus on actually trying to win the games and just the team playing better because I can go off on the defense again. I won't, but I'm no, still we will. This- no, we'll get into okay. that. I think we have to, we have to do justice I, to our fans. You know, I'm still having the same problems with the defense that I've had <laughs> basically since halftime of week one. Yeah, no, the defense is bleeding more than a Jeffrey Dahmer uh, victim. Sorry, was that too much? Whoa! <laughs> the Netflix series. I'm watching. You've been the watching too much of that thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a great. It, it's it's maybe it's been what thirty ish years. I yeah, think I don't know. To, like I'm not. <laughs> that's that's tough. Heat, <laughs> I will say, Jesse. I thought the uh, after the first one, I wasn't sure I could continue, and yeah. I did. I finished it. I enjoyed it. I, it's it's intense. I can only take it one up at a time, similar to these Vikings games, one at a time. No talking about the defense. Do we hate the Ed Dontel defense? I mean, Andy Dalton had no pressure, found enough soft zones to move the ball on those final four drives. Um, it's just week after week, it doesn't seem like there's any improvement. And yes, you can say it's, you know, you gotta, it's still early. It's not though. We are a quarter of the way through the season and those pieces just have not been fixed enough confidence. You look at, you watch Patrick Mahomes and his little flick into the end zone and the way he runs, like you can't compete against that. And that's a team that you'd have to go through, right? Like that, those are problems that need to get ironed out. Now you can't keep waiting to push it off until uh make or break toward the end. A thousand percent. I I, I want to see adjustments from Donatel. We've been talking about this every week and we don't see those adjustments. What we see is after the game, if anyone questions that Donatel, it's my scheme is awesome. The players aren't running it right. I, well, Ed, maybe maybe go back and watch the film, and, and maybe we can do some other stuff. I I don't. There is a gray area in there where mm-hmm. there's players that aren't. You can see what he's talking about in terms of like players not doing their assignments in plays. Like a, a good example is like Hicks in coverage, like you know, seating extra separation or, or 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 not getting out into the flat quick enough, stuff like that. And so Donatel, maybe you you blame him, but by and large, Donatel does have talent on this defense. Like his his in in, in the front seven, the defensive front, they have played really well so far. Both the de- the interior defensive linemen, all three of them, if you want to toss toss Wanaman, had a pretty good game in 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 the last one in London. Um, and then the the edge rushers have you know by and large have have done what what has been asked of them so far. But yeah, I mean. It, it's on Donatel to make some of these schematic adjustments against, you know, for instance, a team that that's going to run the ball more or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then also if the players aren't executing what you're the assignment that you're giving them, you either need to yank them off the field or else do a better job teaching them as opposed to throwing them under the bus. Mm-hmm. No, I would completely agree. Uh, sticking with the defense, Lewis seen you guys, we've been touting, we've been wanting him. You want to see him in. He gets into the game this week this Sunday and he's hurt and he's lost for the season what do we make of that I mean we kind of talked about it throughout the course like are they over 
not overhyping is, is the wrong word, but are they, you know, fibbing a little bit over exaggerating his quote unquote injury to save face because he's a top pick or was there really something to that? I mean, was it similar to, you know, he went in and got hurt further because of this lagging injury. What are your guys' thoughts? Will we see Lewis seen ever again? Well, we're, we're going to see him next year. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to see him again this year. And all you had to do is watch the, the replay of that injury to, to know that, that at least with this one, I mean, that's, it just is what it is. His, his season going to be done. I, as you know, I did think they were exaggerating his little minor injury coming out of camp, but yeah. th- this was really unfortunate because, you know, it was this player that you want to see him, you want to see the developmental progression, but you can't, you can't expect him to develop when you're just sitting him on the bench the whole time. And so the Vikings were in this, this spot with Louis seen where it's like, we want to play him. We want to develop him, but we don't quite trust him yet. And hopefully it was going to trend more and more towards getting him on the field and in, in, in on defense. Cause of course he was playing on special teams, but like we wanted to, to see him mix in there. Um, and, and this is going to prevent that until at least the beginning of next year. Although they were playing him so little on defense anyway, perhaps the way that they see it is we didn't need him to develop physically. He already has all the, the, the physical tools that he would ever need. That's why we took him in the first round. It's the mental part of the game. So hopefully, I mean, there's no silver lining to this. It sucks. You, you basically, your first round pick, you're basically going to get nothing out of him. His rookie year when you are a contender, the Vikings by definition as a three and one first place team are a contender. That stuff sucks. But hopefully now you can get him, hopefully, you know, more into the film room, talk about the the decision-making stuff, stuff like that, run simulations with him, the decision-making stuff. Hopefully you can still do something to try to improve that, even though he's not able to be on the field or even in the short term running around at all. Mm -hmm. I think if you want to choose to be positive here, there is precedent within the Minnesota Vikings franchise. 2006, a very similar thing happened to Chad Greenway, who was injured very early on in his rookie season didn't play at all in 2006 for the most part came back had a very good career for the Minnesota Vikings was a very good player I think we all remember that I think that's your hope for Lewis seeing the same thing that he comes back and that he's just fine and to Thor's point spend a little bit of time in the film room maybe the game slows down a little bit so he can go back out on the field and do the things instinctually that his talent should allow him to do so If you're choosing to be positive, I think that is the hope. But now you're also going to hope that Cam Bynum is solid all year. Metellus is solid when called upon. We saw Harrison Smith get injured late. He's already missed some time with the concussion. You're already starting to test that depth a little bit, and you're only a quarter of the way through the season. But by and large, it's not a great sign at all for Mr. Scene because we barely saw him but I'm going to choose to remain positive and hope that year two will be much better than year one for him. And as far as this year, this isn't going to affect the team almost at all. Right. I mean, and that's, that's sort of a sad commentary in and of itself, but it, it just is what it is. My, uh, Lewis seen was only what number the four, four safety on the depth chart, maybe mm-hmm. even fifth. Uh, certainly he is behind Metellus. Um, that's where it starts to get interesting after that fight. We weren't probably going to see him in the base defense barring a catastrophe until later in the season, potentially. I, th- I think next year is when they were um, probably internally is when they're sort of gauging that he's going to take over a job, hopefully. And hopefully that this injury is not something that will compromise that. A- again, like he has all the athleticism, everything like that. You wouldn't expect how young he is for this injury to depreciate any of that. 
And again, like Ross and I are saying, hopefully you can work on the thing that was actually keeping him off the field, despite the fact that he can't get on and out because of that injury. Yeah, let's switch back to the other side of the ball. Now, I will preface this by saying Kevin O'Connell is off to the best start by a Vikings head coach since Denny Green won five of the first six games in 1992. So that's great. We love it. We're liking what he's doing. There's also a lot of things that I don't care for with Kevin O'Connell. Let's name clock management as number one. Now we really saw, we've seen glimpses of that before. Uh, obviously I'm going to point to the field goal on fourth and one instead of taking a timeout. Do you guys think Kevin O'Connell doesn't have his full trust in the offense? Because in those situations you should have that confidence. And we have seen him back in week one, go for it on situations like that. But Vikings went two for five in the red zone, which puts them below 50% this season, which again, begs me to ask how's KOC feeling about his offense. And uh, do you think he regrets the, t- the clock mismanagement he had on that play in particular, among other, other plays that I saw as miscued? I, I think he regrets several things from that game. There was, there was clock management things. There was some wonky in-game decisions. You're sort of alluding to a couple of them. Um, and then overall treetop strategic wise, I also thought there was just some weird general strategy things that the Vikings were trying and or not trying um, against the Saints team that was so down. Yeah, I mean, th- th- they're down in general. You know, this year's team compared to, to some of these ones we, we've seen over the past five, six years or whatever. But this week, even way more so because of all the inactives, all the injuries that they had. And again, that that was the frustration of the fan base that Chris Boyd seems to be frustrated with is you're watching this game and you're like, we should be routing this team by by 20 points or 28 points or whatever. And it's a field goal game handily. So they, they should have been winning handily. They, they should have won. I mean, they, on the field, they were the clearly the better team. But you're letting this this, you know, down opponent, this poor opponent with Andy Dalton starting next to. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray blast from the past and all, all this sort of stuff. Uh, that That's the frustrating aspect of it. But again, can't lose sight of the fact that the Vikings are three and one in first place of the division when you've gotten one of the hardest stretches of your schedule already out of the way. Going forward, the Vikings schedule is so far beyond manageable. There are so many contenders that are going to be facing more grisly schedules going forward than the Vikings. These things like the the you know mistakes that that O'Connell was making or some of the strategic decisions that he was making. The the great thing about it is again you're still three and one despite some of that stuff happening. And O'Connell is a very self aware person. He he's happy to admit to all this stuff after the game. Like yeah, I screwed up there. I screwed up there. I I will be better. Um, a little bit different than Zimmer. Zim, Zimmer sometimes would take accountability and sometimes he'd get furious at someone asking him a question that would indicate that he should be taking accountability for something. Zim, happiest guy on earth. What are you talking about? Yeah, happiest about? guy on earth. But yeah, no, I I do expect O'Connell to address some of those things for sure. So again, happy they got out of the way while the Vikings still had a great start. I also think Chris Boyd just needs to think a little bit about, you know, what it's like being a Vikings fan right now. Because I'll push back on Thor a little bit. Thor talks about the Vikings schedule being manageable. And it is. But again, I ask you, when are the Green Bay Packers going to lose again next? The Eagles already are a game up on you, and they have the tiebreaker. So if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you are thinking, and you should think this way, every game is important. And again, we talked about this in the preseason. Jesse, you asked, is this a Super Bowl or bus team? And I'm not entirely sure what my answer is, but generally, or what it was, but generally when I get asked that question, I always say you kind of need to see the season play out a little bit. 
But with this Minnesota Vikings team, I would say, I don't know if it's Super Bowl or bust, but they got to get pretty close because that's what ownership expects. That's why they hired Quazy. That's why they hired KOC. Mm-hmm. So when Chris Boyd, I don't want to say he insulted the fans. I get it. Chris Boyd feels like he has a job to do and he does. Team goes out and wins. I can see why he'd be upset. But you also have to understand being a Minnesota Vikings fan that always has to hear about how great the Green Bay Packers have it. Then you look at their schedule, and even though they were pushed a bit yesterday, you start to think, well, they're not going to lose until they play Buffalo maybe at the end of the month. So uh, it's just – I think people just need to players and fans need to kind of live in the moment a little bit and be a little bit understanding of each other. Let's be more accepting, more accepting, you know, and one (laughs) thing that did go the Vikings way field goals, ladies and gentlemen, that's not often. Yeah, baby. Minnesota Vikings double doink. Love some double doink to secure that winner. Greg Joseph also five for five. Um, wall kicking, which is fantastic. You love to see it. You did did miss that extra point. I hate that. Yeah. Did Jesse yeah, almost did swear again? I said, shh, shh. I don't swear. I'm clean cut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but again, like, again, it goes back to why did we kick so many field goals, right? Like, what, what do you think it is? And Kirk Cousins, another, they said it for this week. Cousins said, there's just a lot to clean up still, similar to coming away after the Lions with the win. You feel great about the win, but you also feel there's a lot you left out there. We've got to get better. I've got to get better. That's kind of where our focus is. And there were, there seemed to be some miscommunication again with Jefferson and Kirk. Um, but still, I will credit uh, KOC and his offense. There were some really brilliant plays yesterday too. You remember Alexander Madison, brilliant call, third and goal, screen for the touchdown. Um, I mean, some good things there. But again, you're four games in. How much longer do you have to work this system out? But I think that's the positive though. And we've already kind of hashed it a little bit, but to be three and one, and look, I don't know if the offense is going to be ever really firing on all cylinders this year and be the world's greatest offense, but I do think they're going to be better. They can't, they can't help but not be better. You'd like to think eventually they're going to be able to run the ball a bit better. I mean, I, I believe that. And, and I think you'd like to think they will be more consistent in the passing game. So overall, I think you have to be optimistic, at least there. Mm-hmm. Defense I mean, I is another feel- story. I feel like my fantasy football team is going to get better as well. Kyler Murray's obligatory finally finally showed up for me yesterday. I dominated, got a win back in the win column. Uh, You know, just like the Vikings who have won two straight. We will cover more of the Bears coming up in Thursday's episode of Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. But guys, all in all, we'll kind of round it out with this. So the Minnesota Vikings team is three and one. On a scale of one to ten, how do you feel about where they're at? I feel I'll, I'll put it like eight and a half. I, I'm I'm pretty pretty bullish Shocking. on the team. I, that's never never saw that coming. I I modulated it, for, <laughs> but I yeah I mean resident like, Homer Thor. No, I, I I haven't picked one wrong yet, and they are on the exact pace that I gave out. I gave out the twelve and five was my prediction, and they're on a twelve and four pace. And a, another thing I think to be positive about with this is. We see with Kirk Cousins throughout his career, you're always going to get the one bad month from Kirk Cousins where he he sort of couples together uh, a couple down games. You typically only get one a season, and then you can get you also get the stretch where he's playing like an MVP candidate or then more prototypical Kirk. I think this was his down month. 
but in, in some of those games, he has looked off. Obviously, he was he was clicking against the Packers, was way off in the Eagles game, seemed to be off in the Lions game. And I thought for large stretches of the Saints game against a defense that isn't very good, that mm-hmm. he wasn't playing up to par of what certainly what you would expect of him in, in, in that situation. And yet they are three and one. And Kirk, by the way, is 11th out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks in PFF grade, which actually surprised me. I, I thought he was going to be more... Uh, middle of the pack in terms of what my my eyes had seen we're, we're yes they are going to run the ball better going forward I think you're going to see more Alexander Madison working in with Cook and 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 the usage there will become more 60 40 like something like that going forward the receiving core is there they, they were finally able to get the ball back to Jefferson after two games where the opponent just gave multiple defenders to taking him away 10 targets in this game was clearly a priority to, to target Jefferson. He, he, he wasn't blowing the top off the defense, doing some of the things that he did against uh, in, the, in the first game against the Packers. But th- they were able to spread the ball a little bit. But again, Cousins wasn't clicking. But now on this team, you have a really good offensive line. Um, and, you know, and, and you can get through some of these periods where Cousins isn't playing up to his, his normal par and the team is still three and one. I, I think there's a lot of positives uh, spinning it forward. I think I could have went with a seven, seven and a half, but just to make Chris Boyd angry, I'm going to go with a six and a half. <laughs> I, I, and I still think that that's a pretty good. Uh, you're because... you're just not over Chris Boyd. Are you just sleeping <laughs> over I, there? You bring him I up just, constantly for I... <laughs> I just think it's a dumb comment to make for a guy who's on a team that is three and one, like he talked about. There's, there's no need to get nitpicky with the fans. And again, like I said, a lot of fans that probably don't have real names or pictures next to their profile. There's just no need for that focus on football. I mean, but again, I, I was critical, but uh, that's just me. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I was too, but I, that look, that's every fan's right. I get, I get, very annoyed when coaches and players do the old, well, you never played the game. Well, no, I didn't, but I can tell you a quarterback throwing four interceptions isn't good, you know, or quarterback getting burned for 150 yards isn't good. But overall, to echo what Thor said, I I think things are over, I don't want to say overwhelmingly, but they're they're positive and they should be. You're three and one. You could easily be one and three. You're three and one. No need to apologize for it. I do think the offense will get better. One thing that I think is interesting that we could spend a little bit of time on that uh, is uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Vikings could have had their bye week this week. They chose to defer it. They didn't want to have it so early in the season. It'll be interesting to see. It's kind how of a they... bye week anyway, right? Well, oh, yeah, I don't know. Don't don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, as a gopher football fan, let's not talk about games you think you should win. But um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with Chicago coming to town. I, I still think Chicago is functional. I don't think they're as brutal as most people think they are. I think they're functional enough. But the Vikings, again, this is another game they should win comfortably. I will be a little upset if it goes to the fourth quarter and we're grinding it out. Come Thursday, I will have a new synonym for us to use. Instead of throttle or handily, we'll come up with something different if, if that's how we feel. I also want to clarify something. I said where I don't play for the team. So I'm going to, I'm going to walk that comment back. Thank if you. we're going into the fourth quarter in a yeah. one score game, yeah, if Ross, they Ross, are Ross, when are you going to take your victory lap for the prediction of Ryan Wright's going to have passing yards? That's right. right. I want the that's victory right. lap. It immediately. Came that's through. right. What a call. <laughs> there we go. Beauty. Now, what a beauty. Do I double down? Does he do it again at some point this year? Or is he going to be rushing yards? Is he going to rush oh. for some yards? Ooh, I would yeah. love that. There He's a go. big burly uh, guy, bigger than Bursvich coming out. I, I think he can no. break a couple tackles. Six four two thirty five. That's right. 
Uh, like not it. the best pass, but it made it. I thought it was going to short hop, but it made it. Hey, don't 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 criticize. Uh, Chris Boyd's watching. You're not going to be happy. You call that a duck. I hope you take Chris Boyd in this video, just so uh, just just see what, happens. see what happens. Um, if you boys don't mind, I would like to give my rating for one to ten you on the Vikings. Go right ahead. Thank it's you. your show. Recapturing. I'm bring, reeling it back in like I do those fish. God, I love fall fishing, by the way. Um, second of all, so I'm going to. You guys are going to be surprised. I'm going to go optimistic. I'm going to give him a seven two because I do. I I see glimpses of a lot of good and again i'm just i'm trying to be patient i'm trying to remain optimistic i but i look at look at patrick mahomes and the chiefs and i'm like i want that like that's what i want i want to be a fan of a team like that and the vikings aren't there and again those are super bowl teams i always do that with any team across the board it's like you look and you see what it takes that's not minnesota and of course it would be natural for minnesota to have taken a step back this year with all the changes that technically were made it wouldn't be terrible so a 7-2 i think that's pretty positive because you know me and my closet green bay packers fandom I, uh it's just you know what i, I was just gonna say per the comments on youtube you are a packers fan so packers to fan. get a seven a 7.2 7. Yeah. that's pretty good i think that's pretty good we'll take it we'll take it again we will dive more into the matchup with the chicago bears in minneapolis sunday on thursdays before we die brought to you by purple daily and score north now as we do with every episode we're gonna wrap it up with a couple before we die is uh who wants to go first Ross, i'd, like, go I'd first? like to, oh, I'd go, like to oh, go first or going first he's calling all right giddy before, up before i die i would like jesse to acknowledge that my alma mater the university of kansas beat iowa state on saturday that's never gonna happen <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't watch the game, so it didn't exist. It paid no attention to it. It was a close game, though, I think I saw, right? It was it was a field goal game. Yeah, so, see, so, there you go. So now the alma mater battle between us. We're one and one. And you gotta it has, pick. You can't be all of these different teams. You have to I have two alma maters. <laughs> I and, and you knew I was gonna get revenge on you after Iowa lost Iowa State. And my, right. my Kansas Jayhawks came through. But we'll we'll take the split for this year. Okay. We'll, we'll take the split. Well, what happens when the Gophers beat Iowa? Um, when the Gophers beat Iowa, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm going to have to pay a punishment to Ross. Um, yeah. you're going to get slime. I'm going to count that as a win to me too, because <laughs> Iowa lost again. So I'm going to say then I, that's going to be our tiebreaker. That's a, that's a dubious win claim right there. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Cause I'm a go, yeah. I, I can be an Iowa state fan and a Gopher fan. Those, those teams don't play each other. No, that's fair. I'm yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but you took me to task for doing that where I'm a Hawkeye fan. Most Cause of the they're year, both but... big 10 teams. Well, Yeah. You can't you know, do that. Uh, That's like sim me cheating. Similar. <laughs> I ain't got room for the Gophers over Iowa, but I kind of, I kind of agree with Jesse. But I don't like to tell people how to be fans, so you guys can just squabble in the corner about yeah, who wins, live. who loses. Just, yeah, that's uh, fine. Whatever. My my before I die, I'm gonna stick with the college football theme. And I had I had just this wonderful thought over the weekend, and I. Shameless plug, I talked about it on the Twitter machine or I posted on the Twitter machine at Brendel Ross. Thor, do you remember, let's go back about a decade or so, where every year Clemson would go like nine and three and at the most inopportune time they would trip all over themselves and it even became a well-known thing. It was called Clemsoning, yep. okay? <laughs> and this came to my mind. The Gophers now every year inexplicably are no showing a home game against an opponent they should win. I am now going to call that gophering. <laughs> and I am and I am okay with that because if you tell me the payoff will be 5 years down the road, 
The Gophers are in the college football playoff almost every year. Let's go. Before <laughs> I die, people will call it gophering on a large scale when the Gophers no-show wow. a home game and lose a game they shouldn't. Gophering, baby. Gophering. That's I feel kind of sad about that though. No. I get it. The end in the end game, it's it's good. It's positive. But He's not I'm, wrong though. And and that was tough. But then again, we didn't know that Mo Ibrahim was gonna be out for that game. And yeah. I saw I saw some uh, Judd was one of them had mentioned on, on Twitter about how you, you want to see the colleges uh start to release injury reports, but that's what makes it so interesting in college because in contrast to the NFL, where you have to. Like, by rule, you have to have accurate reporting of your injury information to the media and to the opponent. In college, not only do you not have to do that, it, it goes even further where coaches can hide behind HIPAA laws. So, I mean, they will obfuscate it. They can exaggerate it. They can say nothing about it, you know, and, and all these different things. Nobody knew that Mo Ibrahim was injured before that game. And then, like, an hour before the game or whatever, it's announced he's not going to be active. Totally changed the constitution of that. Go for offense. We, we we all love Tanner Morgan here, but we all, I think, also acknowledge that Tanner Morgan, when he does not have a good supporting cast of skill guys around him, his game always goes way down. You know, it's like what happened after 2019 when they lost they lost uh, Johnson and then Bateman was to come. But when when those guys were off the field, he, he played way, way down. And then, you know, last year when, when, when Ibrahim was out, w- was able to sort of get by because the defense was really good. But that was unfortunate. And then Purdue got guys back that we didn't know were going to be back. Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback, had missed the game before, and then he was he was inactive for them. So uh, active, not inactive, active for them. So it was it was a tough day for the Gophers, but I, I think that they're going to bounce back once they get Mo back. Jesse, can you bring us home and please make it a little bit positive because I don't want the masses on this Marconi-nominated brand to see me cry because I'm still <laughs> – that upset and disgusted by what happened at Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday. I apologize for you. I mean, mine's more of a personal before we die. Before we die, I'm going to get a little recording thing that says we are recording in hopes of deterring my dog, my kids, my husband, everybody that tries to interrupt. <laughs> if you ever see this door behind me magically move, that's why. So I'm going to get one of those little recording, please, STFU. Wrap that up with Chris Did, Boyd. I uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Did we even just... have Chris Boyd record? You could get a cameo from him and get him to say what you want him to say. Exactly. And then it will trigger by motion. Right. Yeah. Did we just learn that Jesse's dog knows how to read? I think that's the big takeaway here. Yeah, that is no, big. That's true. She's smart. She. Everybody in this household got some got some brains. Mostly <laughs> me. But yeah. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. Again, you guys, thank you for checking us out. This is Monday's edition of Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. We are bringing you Vikings takes, recaps, and a little bit of fun twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. You love to see it. Uh, again, your Minnesota Vikings are 3-1, and one, facing a test. I won't say easy or hard. I'll say a test on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Join us on Thursday to uh, hear our thoughts on that. Don't forget to check out all the rest of the Purple Daily content serving all your Vikings needs. You'll love it. Leave your comments. We're probably going to start sprinkling more of your comments, guys. We like it. We love it, in fact. Uh, And also be sure to come back Thursday for more of Thor's Hammers. Love it. That's it. All right, guys. Minnesota forever. Skull Vikings, baby.